A warm welcome back. And now it's time for me to give Trudy some feedback. So where to start, Trudy? Where to start? So let, let me start with, um, with growth and why I was asking certain uh, questions. I started asking the question around your management team. Yeah. For me, you can't answer the question about scale without answering the, the question around your management team. Mm. And if you don't have a management team, a strong management team that's disciplined, then you can't scale the business. Mm. Every indication from uh, my, my chat to you from watching the, the, the insert is that you're organized, you're super organized and you're structured. That gives me a great feeling that you will have the ability to scale. Mm. So the first thing that I'd look at is the management team and that you, you've got the discipline of building out this management team and that you've got the weekly meeting and you've got an agenda that tells me that you've got structure and you've got order and that you've got discipline. Mm. Then it comes to the funding underneath. So the funding question now is really a, a question around um, whether there is margin in the business or there is not margin. If mm. you're making sufficient mm. profit or you're not. Mm. You spoke about in the previous uh, section, you spoke about the fact that you got a lot of pressure from the retailers pressurizing you around price point. They're not picking on you, they pick on all manufacturers, <laughs> everyone. That's their job is to try and get it at the cheapest price. Mm. And then the threat is the imports. But you quite rightly picked up something very important. What happened since COVID and even the, the Russia-Ukraine war is that people are far more sensitive to, to supply chains now than ever before. And there's a big push, uh, particularly amongst retailers in South Africa, to localize manufacture so that there are alternative supply chains. Mm -hmm. So if you think about a big, one of the big furniture retailers or one of the big retailers with a big furniture component in it that's been importing from China or from the East, from uh, Thailand or wherever, and now those supply chains have been affected what are they going to do in, in the summer when a lot of that outdoor furniture mm -hmm. is sold? Mm -hmm. To have you locally is not only a, a, a better uh, secondary source or hopefully primary source of, of supply, but it also means that they don't have to have the, the, the quantities in stock. So if you're importing from China, you're going to have to fill X amount of containers filled with, with this mm -hmm. furniture. From you, they can order three sets or five sets or ten sets or whatever the case may be. And the holding cost of that stock is actually yours, to speak, which is an advantage to them. Okay, mm. So I would be a little bit more pushback on terms of price because you know that you're also saving them in terms of their holding, the holding the stock and the minimum order quantities and the, the, the forex um, risk and all the other other import duties and all the other things that come with importing furniture. So I think you, uh, what's happened with COVID and, and, and all the other global I issues actually bodes well for you. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to the, 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 the uh, so that I was talking about, we started with the, the um, management team and now I'm talking about margin. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying you c there's room to keep your margin and I would inspect the margin because if you are not making sufficient margin, mm. then you're not, you're not fundable to, you might be slightly fundable, but not extremely fundable. Mm. The higher your margin, the better your return, the easier you scale that business and more have your, your economies of scale, mm. the, the more fundable you are and the better you are likely to find funding. Okay. Your funding can come in two forms. Number one, it's, it's, it's bank finance, mm. right? 
So which is, let's call it, I'm going to say the cheapest form of finance. When they say the cheapest form of finance, it means that you don't have to give away equity. The second form of funding will be from an investor, where an investor will come in and either loan money or capitalize and loan or, 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 or capitalize the business mm -hmm. and then help scale the business and hopefully bring other value to, to the business as well where you get an investor to scale that business mm -hmm. with you and support you to scale that business. Mm -hmm. Because what you're going to find is as the business grows, and let's say you'll get one chain, you're going to need X amount of funding. Then you're going to get another chain, and then you're going to have yeah. it, two, two X kind of funding, and, and so on and so forth. So that requirement for funding is going to be constant mm. as you start to scale the business. It mm. doesn't stop, okay? And especially if you scale quickly, which I would also say just scale slowly, not <laughs> not not too big. Okay. So those are your two, and uh, depending on your on your uh, what your margins mm. are depends which way I would go. Um, then my last point, my second last point is is around that that retail that they related that retail question is that you've got the Ambesha brand, mm. but create ranges. So if you start to create ranges with brand names, sub brands on ranges, this is the so and so range. So if I take uh, a, a a car manufacturer. Mm. Um, there's the C-Class Merc, mm. and the C-Class has got a whole bunch of different mm. C-Classes in it. The CDs is the, mm. the top brand. Mm. The C-Class, everyone knows that's the C-Class, yeah. and then you've got a whole bunch of mm. different types of C-Classes mm. in there. Mm. The same thing, that C-Class equivalent, you create a brand around a range, mm -hmm. and then you can create a whole range underneath that. Okay. Those ranges then can be for retail. You so you've got your bespoke and the ranges you start to build up ranges, okay, mm. which you start to, to and obviously keep them fresh, which leads me to my last point around the retail. If you're going to scale, my, my guess is that your scale is going to be around the supply of these retailers, mm. right? Mm. Then you're going to compete, and then someone is to say, why are we giving Trudy sure. business mm. if she's competing mm. with us, and it's going to shoot you in the foot. Mm. Personally, I would not go into there for two reasons. Number one, that. And number two, it's a whole different competency. Now you're opening up stores and there's sto stores set up, which you might or might not, my guess is you don't have a lot of experience in. There's store management, there's the cash. and there's, It's a whole different competency required to have retail okay mm. in there so now you have to become a go through another learning curve on retail mm. and all the fraud and the theft and mm. and all that mm. that's going to happen in that environment mm. plus you've got your manufacturing competency which you've already built up mm. your your learning curve mm. so my my strategic advice would be to keep to choose one i would keep stay at the manufacturing and then build ranges into into different environments and the only exception to that would be online, where you could build a range, a very bespoke range that's not a co in competition to the retailers. Online, mm. where you can have an on online store, where you don't have the issues mm. of oh, you know, stock, yeah. etc., yeah. and, and you effectively have a window to the world mm. through, through, mm. through the internet. And that, Trudy, is my advice to you. Thank you so much, and thank you for affording me this opportunity. I've learned a lot. I'm going to watch this uh, recording and take notes from it. Great. Thank Thanks you so much. Yeah. Well, based on this interview, I'll share some pointers with you a bit later in the show. However, now it's time for our series on how to build the FMCG brand.
In studio with us, we have uh, Ryan Sheffleury, who is the founder of Namia Japan, a high caffeine content drink. And he's talking to us over the next couple of weeks about how to build a FMCG a brand, how to go about that. Many of our viewers are trying to build or have built uh, brands that might or might not have been successful. And we've decided to bring uh, Ryan into studio to help us think through the different factors that uh, make up a successful brand. Last week we spoke about building the actual product. Uh, this week uh, we're going to talk about the actual packaging design. Thanks, thanks Alon. Um, you, you know, packaging design is, is, what do they say, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Um, you know, so one of the most important things that you can focus on when trying to build your packaging is is it catchy? Does it catch your attention? If it was sitting on a shelf with 20 other products that are in the similar category, does it capture you immediately? Um, are there factors about it? What size is it? You know, there are all these different things that have to be considered when actually designing the packaging. So, you know, logo is one thing and a catchy phrase is another, but am I going to see it amongst everything else? So what color do you use? You know, are you using what do they call the fast food colors? Yellow, red, blue, black. Are those colors that are there or are you choosing to go completely left field? It's a big factor to decide then what size you want to do in your packaging. So are you able to, to transport your product once it's designed? So p packaging isn't just about the colors, you know, the, the design's not just about the logo and, and that look and feel. Can you create a consistency once you release other variants? Are you able to constantly place the name of your company or the logo for the design of this particular flavor or brand in a consistent place all the time? So it's almost like creating a template that you can use again and again and again with little changes. When thinking about it, there's printing costs that go into designing products. There's packaging costs that go into designing products. So are you using stock standard sizing or are you going for something that's completely out of the blue and then you're sitting in a position where you have to recreate and not use stock standard? That always becomes a lot more expensive. So one way to, to make sure that in, in a fast moving um, item you keep the costs low is by using standard sizes that you can easily replicate. Uh, we're going to have to leave it there, Ryan. Uh, I, I think what I've heard today is that the design of packaging is a lot more than just how pretty it looks or how flashy it looks, but also the size is important in terms of cost and transport. Uh, that's, the, that's it for this insert. We'll be right back straight after this.